It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out our Facebook but big book and don't forget to check out our Facebook group and or page. All right, this week's episode, Zell from Alien Theorists Theorizing. Welcome Zell and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks agents. Pleasure to be here. Oh, we're, we're lucky to have you. Yeah. Not easy. So anybody unfamiliar with Zell or Alien Theorist Theorizing, their show is pretty similar to ours. It's just uh, mostly aliens, conspiracies, true crime, you know, just a good mix of stuff. Um, Topic-wise, it's very similar. So uh, I, would that be an accurate description, do you think, Zell? Yeah, man. Anything in the world of the weird, aliens, UFOs, conspiracies. I mean, although in the last, you know, last year, year and a half, kind of been not doing so many conspiracies that got a little wild there for a while. Yeah. But yeah, mainly as, as the name of the show goes, mainly aliens. Yeah. Mm. So you guys actually have a really interesting origin story. Would you share that with us? I wouldn't call it too interesting as the fact that it just worked somehow, but we just started the show. um, So me and my co-host who started at Braden, uh, always been good friends. He went away for a while. He came back with this idea of this show called Alien Theorist Theorizing. I was just getting into like audio recording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, what the hell? So we, uh, yeah, we just set up the mics one day. I had this like little studio built. I had this rental p- property with a small garage and I like framed up a small little recording studio with no ventilation. And yeah, we just started, we just pushed record one day and I made a theme song on the fly. And yeah, the rest is history. Like just we, after, after the first episode, we're like, oh man, like a couple hundred people listened to that. And then it just kept, people kept listening. I think we just got lucky with the name more than anything. Mm-hmm. It, just, it, kinda, it searched well, I think on search engines and that's how people found it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah and then we just uh, kept doing it. That's actually, you guys helped me choose a, our name because I was listening to one episode and you said that the name helped you with the search results. And then Braden said, Hey, you'd have to try pretty hard to be before our name alphabetically. And I said to myself, I said, challenge accepted. And that's how I got alien conspiracy. <laughs> I was really surprised that it hadn't been taken yet, uh, actually. <laughs> but I was, I was thinking of some other names that maybe weren't as good for SEO, but maybe were more interesting. But uh, yeah, so no, you, thanks. Uh, bladed hit, thanks for helping hit, us choose our name. <laughs> oh, no problem. You hit the nail on the head, alien and conspiracy, same title. Yeah. Hell yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. I think it's like you were saying. I think it makes a difference when people search for stuff if it's actually in the title of the show. Huge, huge difference. There's a little hint if you're starting a podcast. Whatever your topic is, if you can somehow wiggle the name, wiggle it into the name, whatever the topic is, it definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. So you guys actually you're on Spotify and you have an exclusive deal with them, right? We have an exclusive deal. We signed last summer. Uh, it was for one year. Possibly two, but uh, we'll, uh, it's coming up real soon. The- that's that's got to be pretty exciting. Yeah, that was, for, actually for me as a fan of your show, 
I started listening to you guys before that had happened. And it's sort of because you guys are sort of like us. You started as just kind of an amateur show. So to see you make it to the big times, I mean, you're up there with like, you know, a lot of people on Spotify, like Joe Rogan and people like that, that have exclusive <laughs> well, deals. So it was pretty exciting to see a show that started from amateur roots. And, you know, you didn't have a big studio or anything like that behind you, you know, make it to the big time. That, that's kind of exciting as a fan to see that happen. Yeah, I wouldn't put us on the same level as the other Spotify exclusives. But yeah, it's definitely been like a small time show from a small city. And it was like kind of a dream come true for sure. I mean, I always played in bands and I always thought like the end dream, right? The major, the major record label. Yeah. It just, it just worked out that, uh, the podcast made it first. So yeah, yeah. Super. It was super fortunate. And I, I still to this day don't know how they found us, but couldn't say no. Yeah. You guys actually are pretty up, pretty far up there on SEO. If you just search for alien or whatever podcast, usually you're one of the top results. And I don't know how that stuff works, but uh, that might well, just the more, the most, uh, the more stuff you put on the internet, just mm -hmm. the higher you rank. So if you have a website and all the socials and a blog and a smart link and YouTube and all that, it all just helps. And the more mm -hmm. people search in the it favors, YouTube favors algorithm like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, and it seems like, it seems like nowadays there's a lot more people searching for that type of information, you know, like, oh yeah. I remember when I was a kid, it was kind of one of those things like, you, you would any any type of testimony you'd hear from somebody, for example, that claimed to be abducted or something. It was always seemed to be pretty reluctantly, you know what I mean. But nowadays, it's it's a lot more wide out in the open and much more acceptable. And like I kind of find it pretty cool. Oh, it's hit the mainstream hard. Yeah. Like and just and it seemed to be just as we started our podcast, mm -hmm. like not not too far after you had like the New York Times breaking the story about the A tip. You know, mm -hmm. advanced aerial threat identification program and all the other like <laughs> government leaks have been coming forward. Like seems like every few months there's something new. It's crazy. And then you get and then you get the biggest podcast in the planet, like Joe Rogan. He's always talking about aliens. Mm -hmm. And like has like Commander Commander David Fravor and you know, you had Ali Lo <clears throat> Avi Lobon. And just like mm -hmm. tons of tons of people who <laughs> seem willing to discuss the theory and possibility of ETs like openly and it's like done wonders for our genre for sure oh hell yeah yeah especially stuff like the tic tac you know the recent like uh, sightings and stuff that i mean it's it's crazy to me that like they're you know some of these pilots and stuff are are able and so willing to talk about this stuff nowadays you know and, and like well like i said like i'd referenced before you know because like growing up it was such a uh you know a fringe type thing where people just didn't really talk about it you know but I mean, it, to me, it's like, a, I don't know, it, it, because of how popular it is and all these different releases and stuff, the disclosures, it kind of makes me pause and like think like, what what is really going on here? Because it's, I mean, obviously, well, in, in my opinion, I'm always looking at the conspiracy stuff and, you know, it, it's got to be part of a plan, in my opinion, you know, um, it, what ends to what means, I couldn't tell you, but I don't know, like, all right, here, here's one thing I really hope, Th those Tic Tacs and stuff. What I hope it is, is our technology that we're basically, you know, advertising to the world saying, hey, you know, check this shit out, you know? Yeah. And if you look at the history of it, there's been some strange things going back even to like the 40s. For example, with the Roswell oh, yeah. case, the Air Force actually put out a press release saying that they found a flying saucer and then they very quickly retracted it. And of course, looking at that case, I'm not convinced it was actually like an alien thing, but who knows for sure. Right. But it, it's... Throughout the years, there have been a lot of really strange things that they've done. 
And like the Roswell case more recently, they came out and said that, oh, those weren't bodies they found. Those were crash test dummies. But when they said that, <sighs> the, the year they gave, uh, crash test, test dummies had not been invented yet. So right. <laughs> the statement they made was provably false. And they're not mm. dummies. They know that it was provably false. So why would they say that? Like, I don't know what their agenda is. It's just, the whole thing is just weird. It's hard to say what's going on for sure. So do you think there's an agenda behind the disclosure? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think generally, like, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit paranoid, but I think there's, there's generally, like, a lot of the big movements and the, the, the stuff that's happening worldwide within, you know, many different civilizations here, or, you know, uh, societies uh, rather than, um, I think a lot of these things that are happening are part of a plan. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is. I, I think it's, uh, to be honest, or I'll just, you know, I'll just say it straight up. I think it's part of a plan to push us towards a one world government, to be quite honest. Um, for example, like within our nation here today, there's a big push towards like socialist type ideals. And, uh, I'm not saying that we're necessarily going to become a socialist comp uh, country, but I do think it's part of many things that are being introduced within our society to divide us. You know what I mean? So, you know, one of the oldest tactics in the, in, in the world is divide and conquer, right? It's, uh, if done right, it's usually pretty damn successful, you know, and be very, very effective. I think it's a little different than that. Personally, I think it might be some sort of soft disclosure because if the, mm -hmm. if the average person was presented with proof that we were being visited by aliens, which I'm not even convinced myself that's happening, I think it's possible, but uh -huh. if that fact was presented to somebody, I think the average person, it would alter their worldview so much that it would change, change everything. Some people would just flip out and riot in the streets maybe. So I think yeah, that yeah. they might have some sort of soft, soft disclosure agenda to kind of, you know, get us used to the idea before they spill the beans on us. But well, you know, I think I that's know. been happening within like movies and, and pop culture. And, you know, I, I think, uh, there's a lot of things that have been put on, you know, society. Yeah. Well, at least to, uh, form subconscious thought process, I think, to be quite honest, you know, but as far as disclosure with aliens, I think that's been happening a little trickling in little by little, you know what I mean? And now we're, we're reaching this uh, crescendo of sorts, you know, with the disclosure from the Pentagon and stuff with the stuff that they've been releasing. And it's, to me, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Like it's, rather mind-blowing really you know it's i i never thought that you know we'd, we'd kind of get to this point so fast really you know yeah i mean it's it's pretty awesome yeah. <laughs> like it's never like i always loved like the theories of aliens like oh maybe they've come before maybe they're coming now maybe they're t taking people maybe they're us from the future like i've always entertained like pretty much every alien theory growing up i never i never subscribed to a single one but then what you guys are talking about as like Let's say, like, I, I have a hard time believing in a one-world government. I just don't think it could ever work, personally. I agree with that, yeah. But, if I mean, our show's about theorizing, so you can get, we get into theories, have a little fun. Mm -hmm. But, like, <clears throat> there's the, was it Project Blue, Blue Beam? Mm -hmm. Like, pretty much a faking an alien invasion. And then, so, there's always a target of humanity, right? It's either it's terrorism or it's you know, or it's Trump or it's coronavirus. Like there's always something in the news where everyone seems to hate, you know, mm -hmm. there's always something. So if you could spin an alien invasion somehow, like these aliens, they're not even coming, but somehow you could put out all this false, this misinformation or disinformation and get people thinking the aliens are coming or the aliens are real and then spin it in a way where the aliens are evil. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, I could see something like that and that meant, might not necessarily bring in a one world government, but it would, you know, direct humanity towards a single goal 
for Absolutely. you know for better or worse wh- whatever the outcome of that might be but yeah well, and wasn't it uh, ronald reagan that said that in a speech one time that uh, if there was some kind of um external force like say aliens or something like, i forget the wording but you remember that speech yeah how it, br- it would bring <laughs> us together he said that yeah, a like star times. wars speech did he okay it was Ronald Reagan, right? Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If there so. was one force that could bring us all together or how it, mm-hmm. however he worded it, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I, I tend to think that, uh, you know, figures of that and that kind of importance don't really say that type of thing in, in, uh, public speeches without, you know, having some underlying reason for it, you know? Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I mean, it's pretty rare actually for a politician in a speech, especially such a major politician to talk about aliens at all. You know, yeah. you, you'll hear it like Obama talked about it on like Jimmy Kimmel or something, like just kind of jokingly, but mm-hmm. like to talk about it serious like that, that's very unusual. The only other case I can think of off the top of my head was, I forgot his name, but there was a, like a Canadian defense minister. It, after he was out of office, he said something about aliens, uh, like that the, he would, they had been working with him or something. But I mean, I can't think that's, of too many yeah, cases. That's Paul Hellyer. Yeah. The former Canadian defense minister. Yeah. He pretty much, he pretty much publicly said that there's four different species of aliens right that are on earth currently <laughs> like they're here they've <laughs> hit, been crazy. here and they've been here a long time and everyone looked at this guy because he was getting pretty old when he said it mm-hmm. and everyone just kind of looked at him and was like dementia bro like really and he was like yep 100 stone <laughs> stone stone faced just like yep there's aliens here public national address and everyone's like uh Okay, I guess well, I, I don't, I'm not sure what to do with that. Yeah, what do you make of that, Zell? Do you think he was losing his marbles, or do you think that there's something to it? Honestly, I don't know. But I mean, they, I mean, Canada is not a very strong military force, but it's still a very strong ally of the U.S., right? Yeah. So if you're mm-hmm. the defense minister of Canada, I mean, that's our top military position. Yeah, they they coordinate all the time. Yeah. Yeah, like the so, Canada is not a superpower by any means, but they are very. In, you know, integrated into foreign operations with the States and United Kingdom and France and all of the NATO, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would think if a guy like that says something like that, you would think he's been in some pretty, you know, top secret briefings over his career. You would yeah. think. Yeah. So either he's making it up for some type of financial gain, but as far as I know, he hasn't really got that. I mean, he's got speaking, like speaking, um, positions at contact in the desert and other ufo conferences so he has had some from it mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. he's just like shit guys there's actually aliens here i want to tell you but no one's going to believe me and you're like oh damn like that's pretty crazy yeah well especially when you see there's four different species with like most people they are even like vaguely familiar with any kind of uh, alien conspiracies or th- uh, stories what have you usually they they know about the grays you know and they're not you know, too uh, familiar with all the, you know, any, any different depiction of a, an alien, you know, whether it be like a, uh, you know, subterranean lizard person or something, you know, you know or whatever, whatever uh, uh, description, they, they don't really know, you know, but like to, to say that there's four, most people are just going to, they're going to, as soon as they hear that, they're going to call bullshit, you know, shenanigans. Yeah, what, what do you mean like four? That. I've never heard of one. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But you, you know, as you mentioned before, actually one of my favorite uh, theories that, that I've always kind of a, uh, you know, thought about, you know, is, is, uh, aliens possibly being the future us, you know, coming back and, and maybe, uh, they've lost something or something like that, that they're trying to regain, you know, or, you know, there, there's a lot of different, uh, ways to spin that one, but that's, that's one of my favorites actually. Yeah. Actually we interviewed, he's actually like a professor of anthropology, Dr. Mike Masters. Mm-hmm. We interviewed him on our show and that his, that's his theory. And he was a super 
like clean cut, straight face guy, teaches at a, I can't remember what off the top of my head what university it is, but teaches anthropology, so like the study of, study of cultures or whatever. And his, he's like written books on that aliens are us from the future. And he speculates on to why they're coming back. Either it's they've lost the ability to reproduce mm-hmm. or they just want to see where we went wrong or like mm-hmm. whatever. He, he has lays out a bunch of different theories, but you're like, you know what? Yeah, they, I mean, because aliens are always described as having, you know, like hominid features. Usually they walk upright. They have a head with two eyes and arms. And you're like, okay, well, if an, an, like an ET species developed on a different planet with different atmosphere, would they look like us? I don't know. Maybe, maybe but probably not. A lot of people say so, or they're just, there is us. They figured out how to traverse space and time and they're coming back to check on us and where they went wrong or because he even mentions the theory, excuse me, that they're coming back for reproductive organs or like sperm and eggs because they can't reproduce anymore. So the abductions and stuff, they're not necessarily malicious they're scientific in the fact that like in the future we need to come back to this time or this like this region of time whatever it might be 10,000 years like this might be going on for mm. and get get our sperm and eggs so in the future we can continue to exist as a species that's his like main theory and it's pretty wild Mm-hmm. Hmm. I know. I mean, to, to me, like some of the, some of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why do you got like like for me personally, if they want to abduct me and get some of my sperm, I mean, you don't need to put me out or nothing. I'll you know, I'll find a way, <laughs> baby. You know. Yeah, I, but you I, want, trust you me. Want I got f- no problem with that. I'm a little bit of a freak, so I I could probably get into it. You know, however okay. disgusting they, they may end up look looking like. You know, but whatever. Yeah, but you're, you're one of the few. I'm the same way. If an, <laughs> if an alien came back, if an alien came back and they're like, hey, listen, Zell. We need some sperm. I went for what? They go so we can reproduce in the future. I go no problem. Give me twenty minutes. Like, no, you know you. what I mean? Like I got you. No problem. I, you, I'll come back every week. You know, no, no problem. Yeah, we can make this a routine. So either his theories go deeper into like so the grays they have very small mouths and nose. So they may have just advanced past the point of verbal communication, right? Mm-hmm. They may be only telepathic. And so they can't even communicate with us to say these things. Like it, it's wild, man. Dr. Mike Masters, go check him out. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I heard your interview with him. He does have some really interesting ideas. And speaking of interviews, you guys did a whole bunch of them recently for Contact in the Desert, right? And some of those were some of the biggest names today in uh, ufology. I think my favorite one was probably Avi Loeb, but you also interviewed like Kevin Day and um, Richard Dolan and some other ones. So what was your exact, uh, I guess, official de- de- description for Contact in the Desert? Were you like media correspondents? We didn't really have a description. We just kind of, they reached out to us and said, hey, the event is virtual this year. Uh, would you want to do some interviews? Like we can get you in contact with, gave us like a big list of people. And we're like, well, we're not really an interview show usually. And we're like, okay, well, these are some pretty big names. Like we'd gladly just do it. Like we just, we did six interviews. So we didn't really have a designation. They just gave us like a tab on their website, like um, as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, we traded sponsorship, our interviews for sponsorship, our sponsorship on the website. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's those are some really like the one I liked about uh, what I liked about Avi Loeb is that he was talking about um, Oumuamua, but he's a scientist, so he comes at it from a different perspective than you know somebody like uh, I don't know ancient aliens might or something. 
And what he said really made a lot of sense. It was something along the lines of there could be a lot of trash or something floating around from other civilizations, right? And then that could explain how it moved around the sun or whatever. I won't go into the whole thing because uh, you guys did on your interview, but anybody looking for some really excellent interviews, check out Alien Theorists Theorizing with um, uh, Kevin, or Kevin, Avi Lowe, but also the other ones you guys did. They're all really good. Wow. Yeah, we can well, go check them out, but we can talk about it right now too. No problem. So Avi Loeb, interesting, like super interesting guy, obviously super smart. He's the head of like astrophysics at Harvard University. Like he's the top cheese. He is the man at Harvard. So when we set up an interview with this guy, we get him on webcam. He, sh- he comes on the, on the webcam. His background's like is exactly what you expect, like a library full of like leather bound books he has mm. you know he's fully suited up perfectly tied tie and then there's this us four dummies like t-shirts like backwards caps and we're like oh shit abby uh, hey, what's up dude <laughs> you, you dressed up for this one he's like oh i just like that look professional because he must i'm not sure what he because he didn't know what our show was really mm-hmm. like i just gave him a quick description said we're with spotify He's like, I'll do your interview. Nope. Like he's, he answered right away. The, maybe the quickest answer I've ever gotten on an interview. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get into it. And yeah, his theory is, so people, if people don't remember, Oumuamua was like an interstellar visitor and the closest to Earth we've ever had. So it came from outside our solar system, passed relatively close to Earth, like obviously not close, but like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of kilometers. But relatively close from, it's the first interstellar a visitor to like our inner solar system pretty much mm-hmm. and it went around the sun and as it went around the sun it picked up speed and everyone's like oh okay that's fine like maybe because of gravity but the way it turned and accelerated at a, like a relatively linear rate it looked like it was like intelligent right mm-hmm. so his theory is because right away we're like well that's a fucking alien for sure 100 percent, they're coming because they're like because it, it looked like uh, like a cigar shaped, like cylindrical. Mm-hmm. But his theory was that if there's other advanced species out there, like us, because we've been shooting stuff now into space for how long? Since when did the Voyagers go up? Set early 70s. They're now they're way out in the Oort cloud. They're almost out of our solar system. Mm-hmm. So his theory was that there maybe is another species. They might be gone now or maybe not, but this is like a defunct tech that is still traveling like the like the galaxy like no one's controlling it it's just it's been doing this for who knows how long because as long as it doesn't get hit by something in space it's going to exist forever really right yeah until it like gets too close to a sun or like something happens to it so his theory was like yeah this is like an alien light sail he called it so propelled by the solar winds of the sun Mm -hmm. and he wrote full books about it and, and he's he the head of, that's, head of head that's of Harvard. That's when he picked up uh, speed when it did because he, it's like a solar sail. Exactly. Yeah, he says it's, it was using our sun's energy to accelerate. Mm-hmm. And he like in he in the book I try to read it. It's very technical, but he explains it. And all all other astrophysicists are like, "Well, you're nuts for saying it, but like your math makes sense, right?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a legit scientist. This is what he does every day. So we when we're talking to him. Like, man, if like, if this guy, because he, he never once said he believed in aliens or he never said it wasn't, it had aliens on it. He just like, this could be defunct alien tech and we should put him, 
putting more research into like studying space debris because that's if we're going to find aliens that's where he thinks we're going to find it not like they're going to sh show up on the white house lawn and come down and be like here we are so yeah that was a really cool really cool interview yeah well it, it sounds to me like he was basically just following the evidence to whatever logical conclusion that it was leading him to you know yeah exactly other scientists that I'm not super familiar with every argument, but a lot of them that I have heard talk about this stuff have very strange ideas. Like, for example, when I went to AlienCon, when you guys did a panel there, it was like, what, 2017 or 2018, I think? And, 2019. Oh, oh, man, I got to get my year straight. <laughs> I, I, I saw Seth Shostak give a talk there, and he was it, the talk was something like, are UFOs caused by aliens? And he had all these strange examples, like the face on Mars, which isn't even a UFO. But one of his examples was you can't travel between the stars because it would require too much energy. And his energy calculations were using like chemical rockets from like the 1950s. And I just right. found that really yeah. bizarre because nobody's going to use a chemical rocket to traverse the stars. Like the, that's old school technology. That'd be like using like a boat or like an airplane or something. It doesn't make any sense. So that's one of the things I really liked about that Avi Loeb interview is he was just looking at the evidence from sort of a rational perspective instead of using these, I don't know, in my opinion, very silly ideas about what can and can't be, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it was super enjoyable talking to that guy. Yeah. Will, will, he, will he ever come back on? Probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one-time interview. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of, I got, a, I got a whole list of stuff here to ask you. One of the things that I'm kind of curious about is how does Lady Zell feel about the pod? Because it's sort of a fringe topic that if you go to a party and you just start talking about it, everybody's going to slowly start moving to the other side of the room and kind of looking at you out of the corner of their eye, you know? Because <laughs> I know um, Lady Agent Anderson was sort of skeptical about the podcast, that, you know, my topic at first. She was like, you're going to do what? All right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, Lady Zell knew about this weird obsession of mine well before the podcast started. So mm -hmm. it's not like, it was not like it was anything new. And I don't know, I guess I'm just my group of friends or maybe it's my city I live in or whatever it is. Like bringing that up at a party is not a party clearer, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. everyone, most people are I'm not going to say they believe but if you start, if the conversation goes, like I never just, I would never just go into a party like, listen, motherfuckers, there's aliens out there, you know? <laughs> and this is why I would never, that would never happen. But it would come up, you smoke a couple joints, you know, the conversation goes this way, that way. And all of a sudden you're like, what do you think about aliens? And someone's like, God damn, like, I don't know, probably. Right. Yeah. And so like, she's always been super supportive of, I mean, she's not, it's not her cup of tea. It's not like she sits there and reads all the articles with me and <laughs> we watch videos. Nah, mm. never. But she's always, she's always known that we love it because mm. I'm well before the pod for years and years. I mean, it's probably like four years before the pod pod started. We were, <laughs> we were doing this just not in podcast version, right? You just sit around have a couple of beers, talk yeah. about stuff you've seen. So yeah, it was nothing. Uh, it was nothing new for her. I mean, when she, when it got to the point where like, yeah, we're going to do this every week. And I'm going to need uh, all Monday from 4 till 11 p.m. for the podcast. <laughs> She's like, what? So it started like that. And then I was like, well, actually, the people uh, support us financially to do this. She's like, okay. And then Spotify came. She's like, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So she knew what she was getting into before the podcast. Yeah. 
my my exactly. lady agent uh, lady agent Anderson. That's, that's a mouthful. Yeah, I've it's I haven't been super into this since I've known her. So I think for her might have been a little out of left field when I started doing the podcast. But hey, she's she's down with it now though. So it's all it's all good. Oh, it's fun. Everyone's down with it, man. Yeah, yeah. Especially more lately with I mean, once the New York Times came out with that story, it it really started to hit the mainstream again. You know, it has been in the past and you know kind of went away for a while. But I feel like it's well, made it's, a big comeback. It's back, baby. It's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Speaking of stories, have you had any strange experiences yourself, like UFO sightings or ghost sightings? I remember you did have a demon in your studio during one episode. <laughs> well, I did have a demon. It, I, it still lurks. Uh, as far, like, well, the demon, the demon was like this weird interference on a call we had one time. Mm-hmm. And we legit listened back. And it did not sound like anyone on the call. So a, a rational mind would say, oh, that was some type of electrical interference. Uh, nothing to worry about. But just the way everyone reacted when it happened freaked us all out. <laughs> we're like, what the fuck was that? The call cut out. As the call cut out, there was this weird voice. There should have been no one on the call. So, I mean, as far as like supernatural, that's really the only paranormal thing I ever mm-hmm. experienced. I mean, but we are recording, so... You know, the audio engineer in me would be like, well, that was just some weird power surge, which, which was caught by my surge protector. So the computer never turned off, but it still made a noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as far as, as far as UFOs or aliens, I've actually never had something I couldn't explain. I've just always found everyone else's experiences so intriguing. There was one time where, so in full disclaimer, we were doing mushrooms, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'd just taken them. Uh, we're in a field, we're all hanging out, you know, you're in, if you all take them together, it all hits you usually at the same time. And right, we weren't, weren't even like, hadn't hit us yet, but we looked up and there was like a moving star. So like, we thought it was a satellite followed by another moving star, which was circling it, like going around and around slowly. And then they slowly merged as they went across huh. the sky. And we're like, well... That's super weird, right? But we just chalked it up to we're on mushrooms and we're like, wow, we just seen something weird. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, checking space news, and it was actually a, it was the space station docking, like a shuttle docking. Hmm. Oh. As it went across the sky, we just got at the right moment where the shuttle was coming in to this, to like they merged into one. We seen that. <laughs> we thought for sure we were just tripping. That's, That's awesome. Cool. I mean, yeah, it was super. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it just ended up re- being really, really cool. It was explainable, but that's like the only time I seen some initially I couldn't explain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, what about you guys? You guys seen some weird stuff? I've seen I've seen a couple of weird things. Nothing. I've seen some UFOs. I'm not convinced any of them were aliens. And I do have one ghost story that um if you want to hear it, why not, right? Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, why not? So when I was younger, I was living in a one bedroom like a studio apartment with my then fiance who's now my wife. And I woke up in the morning and I look, the door to the bedroom is a, it's at the foot of the bed, bed. So I look, I, for whatever reason, I woke up and I look at the door. And in the doorway, there was a, a woman, maybe like 5'4 to 5'6, standing in the doorway. And she smiled at me and then turned around and left. And it's just such a simple thing. It was so strange. And I, I was like, at first, is that my wife? So I looked over, or my fiance at the time, and nope, she was sleeping next to me. And it doesn't look like it had... Nothing, no physical resemblance to her anyway. So it wouldn't, but when you see something like that, your first reaction is, well, maybe she's awake. 
So I get out of bed right away because this was like a real bar, bad part of town at the time, you know, because we didn't have a lot of money or anything. So it was a pretty sketchy area. So I get up, I run out into the other room to see if there's anybody in there and there's nobody in there. And the, the amount of time that elapsed would not have been enough time for somebody to get to the front door and leave, especially without me hearing them. So, I mean, that's the whole story. And sometimes I think maybe I woke up and I was still dreaming or something. But what kind of makes it weird is if you go into the bathroom, which is the room of the bathroom is parallel to the bedroom. You could see coming from the other, the next door apartment, you could see three holes in the wall that come through there and go through the other wall. So they look like they're bullet holes. And one of those bullets, if you'd been sitting on the toilet, it would have probably hit you, especially this lady would have hit her in the neck, like the throat area or the head based on where it came through the wall. And they look like bullet holes because they, when the holes on one side, they spread and they out, uh, the, the holes spread out when they go to the other wall and that, you know, they're patched exit wound. Yeah. Yeah. So I always, I'm not hundred percent sure that was a ghost, but it was a definitely strange thing that happened. And I always wonder about it because of those bullet holes at the time I didn't have the internet or anything. So I couldn't really look up, you know, past news articles or anything, but maybe I should look that up sometime. That was in, um, that was in Covina, California. Whereabouts is that? That's that close to LA or yeah, it's in Southern California. It's probably about give or take half an hour, 45 minute drive from Los Angeles. Okay. But yeah, so that's, that's my ghost story. And I'm not even sure if it was a ghost story or if I was, you know, still dreaming or whatever, but I wasn't paralyzed or anything. So I don't think it was sleep paralysis, but either way, it's definitely a very strange experience and I'm not really sure what to make of it. That's a weird one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. And another weird thing about it was when she looked at me and smiled, it kind of like, I sort of felt like this happiness, like coming from her, which it's hard to like, I've never felt that ever before or since. And I, I, again, I could just be imagining it, but you know, it's one of those things like, I don't know, <laughs> what do I make of it? You know, mm-hmm. very, very strange experience. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Also, uh, speaking of strange experiences, you ate a meteor once, did you not? <laughs> I believe, I believe it was a meteor. <laughs> you have to believe, right? I believe it was a meteor. <laughs> no, but legit i ate a meteor was so, so was that did i like make a hole in the roof of a house or how did that come about yeah so i was working in construction at the time framing uh so we just put the roof onto this house so it's sheeted and you know osb particle board like that and we get to the job site one morning and we walk in on the main floor it's like a like a walkout house so you walk on the main floor and down the stairs to the bottom floor and then out like it's on a hill Mm-hmm. So we walk in into the living room and there's just a fucking hole, like a pretty big hole in the, in like the tongue and groove, like plywood. So it's pretty thick, three quarters of an inch of an inch thick. So like pretty sturdy wood and it looked, looked like a hole had been blowing through it, like from above. <laughs> so we're like, how at first I was like, I've seen that happen before someone left a sander on and it sands its way through the floor all night. <laughs> But I was like, oh, we're not using sanders. We're framing here. There's, there's no way. What, what could that be? And then the sun, we got there early. It was, it was like summertime. So we got there before the sun came up. And then the sun comes up and like a ray of light comes from the ceiling onto the floor. And we look up and there's a hole in the roof. And it, it, you draw, you put a string line and it, like, it's obviously the same projectile. And then we go downstairs into the basement and in the concrete slab, 
there's a crater with a bunch of dust all around. Like huh. it was, it wasn't a huge crater, like, but you could tell something hit the concrete, and the concrete was dense enough that it uh, exploded. Whatever it was, so there's a bunch of like powdery de- debris all around, like white, looked like salt, pretty much like salt crystals, but like powdered everywhere, like quite a bit. So I ate a piece. <laughs> oh, pretty nice. much, and yeah. So. I'll, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> so then we call, we call the news. Cause like, what is this? They don't know. Gets out to the university here in Kelowna, BC. They send some scientist out and he just labeled it undetermined. He didn't know what it was. Cause he, there was no like sa- He took some samples and we never heard back. So. Dude, you, you could have some like dormant special power that you haven't unleashed yet or something because of that, you know? Well, that was obviously what I was thinking. Cause this is right when the, the TV show heroes came out. <laughs> Okay, I remember that show, yeah. Nice. Back in like 2000 and what, was it five or six or something? Yeah, it was early in the or 2000s. Seven, something like that. So I, I had to eat a piece. Then everyone told me it's just space poop. And I was like, well, how how is like a space, <laughs> like a like frozen piece of poop going to fly through a roof? So, you know, you got seven sixteenth roofing, three quarter plywood, and then go, there's no way. To me, I thought it was impossible. So to this day, I believe it was a meteor. Yeah, that yeah, definitely yeah. sounds like a meteor. It was definitely traveling at some speed. That's for damn sure. Like, I think it was too, it was too small to come from space because it would have burned up. But I think like it could have been like a satellite reentry or something. There was like a little piece. Like, I have no idea. Like, I'm just speculating. But something went through the roof, the floor, and cratered the concrete. So mm-hmm. it was pretty nuts. Well, I think that if it's just right, I believe a meteor can, it can come all the way down to the ground because they do find little pieces of meteors all the time. And in order mm-hmm. to make a crater and to go through two layers and to make a crater at the bottom, you're not talking about like somebody firing their gun up in the air. That's a significant amount of force behind that in order to do that. And like, like you're saying that plywood don't underestimate that stuff is really, really strong stuff, especially three quarter oh, yeah. inch plywood. I mean, you're not, you're not doing that with, you know, with just a regular rock, I think. No. So that's, <laughs> it was a meteor in my mind and I'm waiting, waiting for a, some solar eclipse or something to activate my powers. <laughs> nice <laughs> hell yeah you guys ever eat a meteor unfortunately not although there is in the in the bay area san francisco bay area in california there's a museum just like a space museum it's just some collector who has some stuff it's it's just a couple of rooms it's not huge but in there they have a meteor it's this big chunk of meteor just kind of sitting in a glass case and you kind of pick it up and play with it so I've played with a meteor, but I didn't, maybe I should have licked it. I don't know, but I've never you eaten should have. <laughs> you should have tried to rub it a little bit, then lick your fingers at least something. Yeah. Get, get some of that, uh, special power or just like a thousand people's finger germs. One of the two. Yeah. Whichever or, comes first. Or both, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you could get special powers from either one. I think, you know, yeah. Special powers could, yeah. Could come from some weird virus, you know? Yeah. There you go. You actually have your own production studio. It's what is it? Meteor studios. Yeah, I have like a home-based recording studio. I just work uh, with local bands and record my stuff, podcasts, some other people's podcasts. And yeah, I, uh, I, got, I bought a house back, back in the carpentry days, like an old fixer-upper, and had a car part, which I tore down, and then I built like a, like a real garage with a foundation, and I turned it into a little studio. Wow, that's awesome. I actually, I have a tough shed in my backyard. That's where I record. <laughs> not nearly oh, as one glamorous. Those, <laughs> one of those uh, like pre-built ones that you you stand up. Yeah, it's got like drywall and stuff, so it's not horrible, but it's uh, nice, no? it's definitely not air conditioned either. So, but I make the best of it. 
Oh, and you're living in California? You must be dying. Yeah. Well, it's Northern California, so it's not that bad all the time. It, it's a lot better than Southern California. Uh, I, yeah, but I know I'm in BC, not too far north. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so hot. Yeah, it can get bad. <laughs> you're right. You're in the same wildfire country as us. So Yeah. Well, knock on wood, hopefully that mm-hmm. doesn't happen this year. Oh, but, dude, it's, uh, this place is burning to the ground up here. Is it really? Really? Oh, we wi- wiped a whole town off the map already. Oh, geez. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's, it hasn't rained here in like six months or something. It's unheard of. Yeah, well, we're in the same. all freaking ready to go, huh? Oh, yeah. It's, and it's like, hasn't rained in six months and also one of the world's most dense, like dense forests. So it's like just primed for fires. Yeah. Man, that's not, yeah, that's not a good combo right there. At least where I'm at. Like, it's not too bad today. It's only 110, but uh, there's not Only much- 110. Hey man, once it gets above mm. 120 and shit, <laughs> the old AC is, is struggling, you know? Yeah, it can't, can't keep up. I'll set it to like, you know, 78, but it's only going 82. <laughs> right. Just running all day long. But but where I'm at though, like, you know, it's, it's really nice, like six to seven months out of the year, you know, on the ends there, it starts getting hot and shit, but uh, I don't know, you, you get used to it, you know, because it's a dry heat, so there's not much humidity at all, so that's, that's nice. Right. Uh, back to the studio, it's brilliant segue there right <laughs> yeah <But> one, <laughs> smooth baby <laughs> one thing i wanted to ask you about uh you guys at some point upgraded to the sure sm7b's right that's the microphones you guys are using yeah i've always had one but the rest of the guys finally got one so we're we're using the sm58s and i was actually curious um when you when you switch to that did you notice like a big difference is there like a huge advantage or is it just no. more of like a subtle gain subtle Okay. The fi- the 58 is a great mic. That's the mic I recommend to anyone who's getting into podcasting. That's yeah. the mic that's the mic used at everything. Presidential addresses or they might use a 57 but like the same tech, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. So like it's like the perfect vocal mic for the price. Yeah. It works really uh, well and it's highly directional so it, you know, cuts out rejects some of the side noise and stuff. It works really well. Yeah, if you want to I mean SM7B is like you can get a little closer and you can get a little more radio sound right it's got mm-hmm. a little natural boost in the mid mid and it uh, picks up some low end a little better but then the problem with the sm7b is it's like a gain beast right yeah. so you need a pretty powerful preamp or you need an inline preamp like a cloud lifter or some type of booster right right or you get you have to turn the mic up so loud that you get a lot of noise floor like crackle yeah especially if you don't have the cleanest preamps you're going to get some noise from that as well from having to boost them so much yeah, so yeah, you get to SM7B, which is great mic. Obviously, like everyone wants to use one, but if you don't have good, like if you're just using like a like a cheaper preamp with no no booster, like you're getting, yeah, it's good. It might it'll be fine if you know how to work sound, but if you're like you know a rookie mixer or something, you'll get so much noise floor if you use a compressor or something that it just it makes your podcast sound worse actually. Yeah, but yeah, they're awesome, awesome mics if if you got the gear to use them. Yeah, I plan to upgrade to those eventually, but it may it may be a few months. <laughs> no, the fifth honestly, the fifty eight is great. Yeah, we just uh, we signed with Spotify, and we got we're like, oh man, we're gonna get some good mics now. There's no reason that we got them. Like it did. <laughs> it's like really like when you get to pro audio like that, the really good mics, especially dynamic mics, like you're only getting like an extra might improve your signal five or ten percent. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. Stuff gets real expensive real fast. Like you can get oh man, a hundred dollar sound card or a hundred fifty dollar sound card, 
it's like 90% of a $500 sound card sound wise, you know, like they're, yep. it's barely any better, but the last 10% that can actually make a huge difference though. It just depends on, you know, where your budget is and everything. Like I used yeah, to, and- I used to have a, an M audio 410 that, um, firewire 410, which was, it was okay, but I didn't realize how crappy it was until I upgraded to a Presonus a USB a 22 VSL or something. And the, I think the converters were the big difference because when I listened to something on the new card, it sounded like just crystal clear. Whereas the Firewire, the 410, it sounded like everything kind of sounded blurry. Like the, you didn't have the definition on like the transients and stuff. It's kind of hard to explain, oh, but. No, for sure. Yeah. Definitely spend your money on a better converter or interface over a better mic any day. Yeah. In, in my opinion, okay. $100 mic with a $500 preamp is way better than the opposite way around. Hmm, okay, good to know. Yeah, definitely. And then a $500 mic with a $500 preamp is even better. But then, you know, your audio gear, like you, I have some friends who are just such audio nerds. They spent like $100,000 on gear in their life. Wow. Right. And they, <laughs> they don't, they just have racks of gear that it sounds cool, it looks cool, but in like the modern age, I mean, it depends on your audio, like what kind of audio you're doing, but man, digital modeled pro- plugins are almost as good now. Yeah, they, they have some really, really good plugins. I use a Waves bundle that I got, and you Waves know, like, you're, like you're saying, I keep upgrading the bundle more than I actually need, so I got all these plugins I'm never <laughs> yeah. going to use, but oh, yeah. I'll, when I'm editing the podcast, sometimes I'll put stuff on there and kind of make people sound like a robot or just kind of goof around a little bit. It just, you know, why not? But I've seen pictures of your, of your studio. Do you have a universal audio card? Yeah, so I have a rack mount universal audio. Two of them, actually. Wow. I'm, I'm those a are, little those jealous. Those are for music more than... <laughs> those are for recording music more than podcasts. Those, those are really nice. And those have the um, dedicated DSP for the plugins, right? Yeah, so it runs... Yeah, it's its own little computer. So it saves you... You can run a lot more channels. Not that I run huge sessions anyway, but... Yeah, and I've never used those in person, but the word on the street is is that their emulations of like vintage gear and stuff is a little bit better than everybody else. Like they're more accurate. Well, this um, I might get into a music nerd podcast, but they're just they res- they model the analog gear better. So mm-hmm. like if you want that natural distortion, you could crank up your preamp like old school recording. Mm-hmm. So it's like pretty much it's peaking. So usually a digital peak sounds terrible, right? It crackles and it hisses, but like a, you know, an emulated analog gear, you get it to peak, it just adds like a saturation distortion. So yeah, that's, that's why I bought them because I could never afford, I would love to get real gear, like analog gear, just because it'd be awesome, but it's just too expensive. It's, it's not so feasible. expensive. Not, it's not, if you want like a, a pro signal chain, like it's thousands and thousands of dollars, or you can spend $300 on the plugin. So yeah. It's so expensive. Yeah. Fun though, but yeah, ad- addicting hobby for sure. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of music nerd type stuff. Hey, see, getting better at the segues there. Boom. You're, you're in a band called Lucky, Lucky Monkey, right? That's correct. What kind of music style would you say that you guys are? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty traditional. I mean, I'm a, I love classic rock, but I also love like modern hard rock. So it's like a blend of that. Like, like a, like a, classic blues rock band <clears throat> with you know the high energy of a modern rock band kind of that's that's how i tell people what we are pretty much mm-hmm. 
And you play lead uh-huh. guitar in that band, right? Yeah, just one guitar in the band. It's like a mu- musical three-piece, so old school. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. lead singer, ba- guitar, and drums? <clears throat> well, musical three-piece and then a dedicated front man, like a Zeppelin kind of style. Okay. And how long have you guys been playing together? I think the band, me and the singer have been playing longer than the band. We probably started back in 2014 as like an acoustic duo. And then we had like another version of the band called String Theory, which was, there's nothing recorded. Mm-hmm. And then the bass player left and there's a bunch of issues with the song. So we scrapped that project and then we got a new bass player. That was probably in 20, end of 2016. Hmm. Okay. So the, the uh, Lucky, Lucky Monkey and Alien Theorist Theorizing started pretty much the same time. Okay, so about, give or take, five years, six years, something like that. Yeah. And you guys actually had to cancel a show recently, right? Because you tested positive for the COVID? Oh, I got the dirty vid. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Yeah, it sucked. It was our first show back in a year and a half. And <laughs> we had to cancel it. Oh, man, it's the worst. That's rough. Did anybody else but, in the band get it, or is it just you? Well, it was me and the co-host Brayden went mm-hmm. to the same wedding. Oh, so just a reminder that COVID, she still lurks out there. It was an outdoor wedding with 25 people and 15 people got COVID. Wow. No shit. For an That's outdoor so wedding? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're stupid. False sense, of, <laughs> it's false sense of security, sharing joints and stuff. I mean, that's what happens. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was just really no cases in BC, like very few. Mm-hmm. For a population of 5 million people, there was like a few hundred cases. They're like, oh, there's, you know, you had a vaccine. Got my upgrade. I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I was sharing a bunch of joints. And then sure enough, like a few days later, get a call. Hey, uh, so-and-so tested positive. Just let you know. And I was like, okay, I didn't really hang out with that person. That'd be fine. And then next day, Brain's like, oh, fuck, I feel so sick. I was like, hmm. shit. And then he's like, yeah, tested positive. And I was like, well, it's just a matter of time for me, I guess. And then sure enough, wow. rocked us. Wow. So how bad were your symptoms? Honestly, mine were not. I would say mine were pretty mild. I pretty much had like a, it was a bad flu, but mixed with a bad cold. So you got like the flu symptoms, like shiver chills, but then cold symptoms, bad cough, sore throat, super congested. And that was fine. Like whatever. That's just, you know, everyone gets sick like that once in a while. Mm -hmm. But then I got this weird sensation in my fingers and my toes, like electrical, like tingling. That didn't go away for like four days. Like I couldn't play guitar and it's still here, but it's very, it's going away. So I think by tomorrow or the next day, it's probably gone, but. Wow. So yeah. if I, if I sound a little, a little congested today, it's because I got the dirty vid. Yeah. I've, I've heard of some, some very strange symptoms like anecdotes, you know, people getting even organ failures and strange stuff like that. But it's hard to say what's really, it seems like the data is not really there for what this thing can actually cause. But I, I hope you get to a, uh, I wish you a speedy recovery and hopefully you get back to playing shows soon. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. Like I just, just, just what it is. Yeah. Like the, it's a weird disease, man. Like, yeah. It's a, uh, and yeah, and no one knows anything. That's yeah. the thing. You talk to my doctor, they said one thing. You read CDC, United States CDC says one thing. You read CDC from Canada, read one thing. You read something from the. World Health Organization says something different. You're like, I okay. If, if experts can't agree, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know anything. Like, I'm right. stupid. Like, I don't know nothing. Yeah. I can mm-hmm. speculate. You could speculate all day on conspiracies and all this stuff. You're like, no, I mean, people get sick. And generally, 
people get better fairly quick, like within a week. And then sometimes someone gets fucked up so bad where they can't walk up the stairs for like a month. You're like, what? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird. How's Braden doing? Is he recovering? Yeah, he got it way worse than me. Like he couldn't eat or anything for like four or five days. Wow. Uh, but yeah, he's he's recovering. He's uh, he's he's back. All right, awesome. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. So does uh, don't share joints. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the, that's the moral of the story. That's how it gets you. It's not gonna, you're not going to just breathe it in and you're going to get sick. You got to you got to get someone spit in your mouth, pretty much. From in my experience, at least. That's the conspiracy. They're going after the hippies. <laughs> Damn joint smokers, you know. <laughs> Goddamn Drug marijuana drivers. cigarettes. <laughs> yeah so yeah it was a it sucks I don't want I didn't want anyone to get it so I've been living in my studio showering in the backyard and shitting in a porta potty for a week wow that's dedication right there though man you gotta keep yeah. your family safe right my white ladies I really really didn't want it <laughs> yeah and well who does she even told you know she even fucking told me though hey just don't share joints <laughs> I, that's all she said she said like, don't share them I won't, I won't, I won't. And then it's like all, it's a wedding. So you haven't seen people in like a bunch of years. Like, oh man, what's up brother? And then like, oh, you want to join? You're like, ah, uh, yeah, okay. And then like, and then there, mm-hmm. there you go. And everyone's sick. Boom. Oh, it'd be rude. Like that. It'd be rude to refuse, right? Exactly. And now I'm never going to share a joint for the rest of my life. I'm done. Finished. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rolling personal joints only. Lesson learned, huh? Yep. Wow. One conspiracy that I wanted to ask you about is your opinion on 9-11. It's, sort of a left turn there, but we've actually done, I think two episodes on nine 11 so far. And we're, it's one of our, I, we, we kind of do it every year because we think there's really something strange going on there. You guys have done a couple of episodes on that yourselves. Do you have any overarching opinions on that topic? Oh man, I think we've done like four episodes on nine 11. I think obviously nine 11 was the only conspiracy I ever thought was insane that like it could be true. Besides like some JFK assassination or something like much more easy to pull off. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. people died on the day, so I don't like to make claims. But for me, the fact that you never seen a video of a plane hit the Pentagon besides like one frame or whatever that they released. And the explanation of the collapse of Trade Center 7 mm-hmm. was, it was so bad. And then like the University of Fairbanks, Alaska did the simulation. They're like, it's impossible for this one. They said it was like a, it's been a while since I talked about it, but like one, one saddle of a steel beam, beam and post failed, which resulted in a cascading collapse due to, you know, heat expansion and it fell off the saddle and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay. And then when they do the simulation, when other when like independent people do it, they're like, it's impossible. It would be a localized collapse. And yeah. then you got other people that are like, well, it was damaged from the building falling. I was like, okay, well, the, it was a hundred yards away. So if it was damaged by the building falling and that building fell straight down, what caused the projection of a piece of debris to be so severe to travel a hundred yards with this like multi-ton chunk of steel and concrete to hit trade center seven, which caused the fire, which collapsed the building. And there's mm-hmm. no, there's no good explanation. Right. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, if you could explain that and everyone would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Then I would probably never look at it again because you know, there's 
People went missing on the day through the planes. They crashed into buildings. I don't get the theories of like there was no planes. It's crazy to me. <laughs> it just seems nuts. Like okay, mm-hmm. but so if if that could be explained of how number one the multi-ton pieces of debris flew a hundred yards from the trade centers, so obviously something had to project them out of there. And why did that cause a collapse of a building? And why was that? A government building with no one in it that day you know like it just seemed weird everything mm-hmm. like, there's so many weird things about that day yeah tons yeah, of weird ton stuff. Of stuff that just does not line up yeah and for me for building seven it's kind of strange because they say the towers collapse basically because of the fuel along you know the airliner crashes in there the airplane and then the wings are full of jet fuel and that fire caused the weakening and everything collapsed and building seven they say that it was just paper fires, like office furniture and stuff that heated mm-hmm. stuff up. But the thing is, is we know for a fact that Building 7 had thousands and thousands of gallons of kerosene for generators being stored there. But they don't they don't list that as a cause of anything. They just said it was paper fires and office furniture and stuff. And somehow it doesn't line up because the amount of fuel those jets had was very small compared to the amount of fuel. And jet fuel is very similar to kerosene. It's a lot denser than like, you know, car gas or even avgas for Cessnas or something. So there's, like you're saying, there's so much stuff like that that just doesn't line up. It doesn't make any sense that, yeah, I'm pretty much on board. Like, I'm not sure what happened, but it's definitely weird. Something weird is going on there. It was never explained to the capacity which would deter skeptical thought, you know? Yeah. yeah that's and that's a, pretty much what it is. Putting it. Like, it just, if it was just the Twin Towers and like, okay, like, okay, you could say it knocked out this support and the weight of a building just cascaded the collapse. Okay. I could get, sure. And the explosions in the basement were due to some other thing that the firefighter, okay. But then the Trade Center 7, you're like, how? And then the miraculous downward spiral of this jumbo jet liner, like piloted by people who could barely fly Cessnas with minimal training to hit a pentagon, like a, the center of military defense. Yeah. And then no one yeah. seen it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No one, well, yeah. there's no home. Yeah. Cause that was after, you know, we're, we're talking after the first events. You think the whole world, the whole country, the whole world's on alert. This is one, there were still like camera phones and video, like, you know, there was still video. People had personal video. You don't think no, no one in Washington, D.C., would have taken a video of the plane mm-hmm. or heard it. Like you can hear a jetliner when it's approaching an airport from pretty far away. Like, oh, yeah. and if they're, if they're going as fast as they thought they would, that thing would have been screaming loud, you know? Yeah. So well, there's I mean, like, yeah, there's just tons of crazy shit that I never understood that. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can hear when those jet airliners, when they're at speed at altitude at like 30,000 to 50,000 feet, you can hear them flying overhead. So if yeah. they're at ground mm-hmm. level, that's going to be ear splitting for sure. Well, and I also, I forget the numbers, but from what I understand, um, the speed that they were supposedly going would, would have been extremely difficult, if not impossible, for that particular aircraft to go because it was at sea level and how dense the atmosphere is. Like, they, supposedly they're, you know, they, they shouldn't have been able to go that fast. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before, and I have heard it debunked by different people. Okay. So I, I have no idea. Like, if you can tell me this thing can go 500 miles at altitude, but not at sea level, I'm like, okay. And then someone else is like, well, it can go 
as long as you don't turn, I'm like, okay, well, it did turn. Like <laughs> this yeah. one. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know. Like as far as like the technical details of the planes, I have no idea, and I would yeah. be hesitant to comment. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that there were so many unanswered questions, and then they just seemed to like, okay, that's I guess that's good enough. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. that one. It was it, it was years before like uh, Building Seven even was like brought up in the mainstream. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. They just considered it was part of the attack, and it collapsed due to the debris falling, and everyone just accepted it at that. But there, there was a really good study by uh, University of Fairbanks. And they remodeled the collapse of Building Seven, and they're like, "It's impossible." Mm-hmm. At at the very minimum, or at the maximum, it would have been a localized collapse of a few floors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, I I grew up building stuff. I never built steel buildings, but you know, the concepts of buildings are the same. The engineering is just much more complex. You know, mm-hmm. you have point loads of a building which support the weight from roof to foundation, and then. Like if you knock one of those out, the whole building never collapses. Like in a house, you can knock out a point load; it might have a small collapse, but it's never going to like bring the whole thing down. But then you get into big buildings, who which weigh like you know thousands and tens of thousands of tons, and the engineering and the physics is so complicated. I I have no idea. But then when mm-hmm. I see like engineers do the try and recreate and find the cause of the collapse and they're like, it's, it's not it. And I'm like, okay. And then it's no one, no, everyone seems it's an open shut case. They're like, yeah, that's what happened. And then when someone tries to debunk it or not even debunk, like this was a university. So it was a question, like a engineering question of how this thing went down and they presented their studies and everyone, everybody went, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay, I, sure. You <laughs> yeah. know? A lot of the debunking seems to me like, you know, when you used to have a, an argument, like in second grade, and somebody would say something, the other person would say, Nuh-uh. <laughs> yeah, no, uh. No, pretty- couldn't be, man. There's no way it could be that. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it seems like to me. But like you're saying, it's hard to evaluate some of this stuff because the science goes right over my head. Us. So when it comes to like, yeah, the, like the nanodermites and that kind of stuff, like, I don't know, like if somebody says something, I can either choose to believe it or not, but it's, you know, it's above my pay grade. Yeah, I mean, the thermite stuff, some people are like, there's no way nanothermite can cut steel. And then someone's like, yeah, it can. You just didn't do it right. And then they do it. And you're like, okay, so it can, you know? Yeah. But then it's like, without someone coming forward and be like, yeah, I was part of the team who strapped thermite to the support beams of the World Trade Centers, that mm-hmm. all that scrap metal was taken away and destroyed and recycled before a, like a thorough investigation could even be done, right? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got rid of that stuff quick. That that thing was, they cleaned that thing up almost instantly. I mean, they were trying to find bodies, obviously, but then they just shipped it all away. They was there's not a lot of analysis of that stuff left over. Yeah, you get to, the theories like we've gone through all the wild theories of like the concrete fo- fused with metal, and that seems impossible with the amount of heat that should have been there. like. Oh man, you can go all day. Yeah, but, it goes mm-hmm. goes on and on. Yeah, so that's why you guys have done an episode every year. Yep, there's plenty. We still haven't done dustification, which is one of the wilder ones out there that I want to talk about. Maybe next, maybe this year we'll do it. Oh, that's the, yeah, Dr. Judy Woods. We've talked about that one as well. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild stuff. Yeah, it's a, it was a wild, it's a, obviously it's a a world-changing event. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a world-changing event should come with world-changing evidence. 
right. which does not seem to have, right? Yeah. And They're like, they use it as like, a, it's a terrorist attack. These poor people were in the planes. They all died. Like, yeah, it's, this is terrible. The people in the planes died. The people in the town, ta- like so many people died directly and then indirectly later from all like the cancers and throat disease from the concrete dust. Like it's terrible, far reaching event. It should be all avenues should have been explored and presented in a matter which would like allow people to be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> that's in my opinion. Yeah. And if you look at the end result of, you know, what we get from nine 11 is stuff like the Patriot act. And it's like what we were talking about earlier with, you know, the one world government and that kind of a thing. If you try, if you did like a fake alien invasion, the end result would be exactly the same. They would use that to sort of take away more of our rights. I think it's, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. I mean, Patriot Act was written before 9-11 as well, right? Oh, was it? I don't, I'm not familiar with the history of it. <clears throat> as far as the theories go, mm-hmm. and also like uh, the New American Century, which is like leaked document saying that pretty much the United States wanted to invade seven countries in 10 years. Hmm. And kind of, it all happened. Like, I don't know if that's, if that's exactly true in the order it happened, but in the end... You know, United States and allies have been over there for what now, 20 years? <laughs> just getting out now? Mm-hmm. Ah, it's probably just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Wild stuff, man. Wild yeah. stuff that I'm not I'm not smart enough to give any answers on, but it's, de- it's definitely wild. And like, then you get into the financial stuff. We had Mike Berger, who's like, runs 911truth.org. We had him on a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And then he, yeah, he says, starts following the money. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Okay. You know, a lot of money was made here as well. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy thing. I'm sure you guys will do do more on it. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we're at about an hour, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Where can people find your show and your band and anything else you want to, to let them know about? Uh, you can find our show, Alien Theorist Theorizing, right now exclusively on Spotify. So if you're not a Spotify user, I mean... Don't worry, it may or may not be coming back soon. So check back. Check any podcast player in about a month and you'll see. That's that's when our contract's up, so we, we don't even know yet. So well, and as far as the band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, it's been a it's been a fun ride. So if it if it ends, it ends. So what can you do? And then the band, yeah, Lucky Monkey can find us on any music streaming platform. I mean Spotify is the biggest, but Apple, Deezer, Amazon, anyone, you'll find it. All right. Uh, And speaking of Lucky Monkey, we're going to play a song that's actually being released today. Brand new song. What's it called? Oh, I think I sent you Don't Pray For Me. This is the title track off our third EP. It's a dark, slow build cinematic rock track. Hope you like it. (laughs) 